Tonight I'm going to be ministering a message entitled The Children's Bread. The Children's Bread. Let's start in Matthew 3, verse number 1. Matthew 3, verse number 1. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. John the Baptist was preaching a message, preparing the way for Jesus. And he was saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is is at hand because something was about to change. Jesus was about to come on the scene and things would no longer be the same anymore. I want you to know that when Jesus comes on the scene in your life, things will no longer be the same anymore. When Jesus steps into your life, there is a clash of two kingdoms, his kingdom and the kingdom of darkness which is the kingdom that we belong to when we are not serving the Lord. And there's this clash that takes place, this clash of two kingdoms. The message that Jesus preached was exactly the same, Matthew or Mark 1 verse 14. Mark 1 verse 14 says, Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. The gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God. And this is what he would say. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Repent and believe in this good news that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God has come. The kingdom that has been established on the earth by the enemy is about to come down. He said the kingdom of God, the good news of the kingdom is at hand. Jesus was present and the kingdom we know was in him. He was the kingdom. He represented the kingdom. And everywhere that he went, you would see power and dominion released out of the kingdom of God, which was Jesus himself. Once you've encountered Jesus, you can never be the same. You will always be changed. With the accompanying of the kingdom and the message of the kingdom, there were certain things that would take place. Everywhere that Jesus went, he would preach the gospel. He would lay hands on the sick. He would cast out demons. These are things that you would see all the time wherever he went. Mark 1 verse 23 says this. Now there was a man in, the, in their synagogue with an unclean spirit. And he cried out saying, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, be quiet and come out of him. Look at this. We're in Mark 1, right at the beginning of the book of Mark. And Jesus' ministry has just begun. He walks into the synagogue. He walks into the church where there's been dead religion for quite a while. And as he begins to minister, as he begins to speak, something happens. This, this spirit, this demon spirit says, what are you doing here? Why are you here? Have you come to torment us? And Jesus rebukes him and says, be quiet and come out. Immediately there's a clash of two kingdoms. The kingdom of darkness which has had its way on the earth and the kingdom of God that was now present. And when Jesus was present and the kingdom of God was present, immediately the enemy couldn't handle it. Because the atmosphere was busy changing. The presence that was there had changed. And immediately 
this spirit, this demonic force, this demonic spirit recognized immediately that Jesus was in the room and recognized immediately who he was. Immediately. And Jesus decided, listen, you should be quiet and you should come out of him. So immediately this demon cries out, the Bible says, and comes out. In fact, let's read it. But Jesus rebuked him in verse 25. Be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Now watch. Then they were all amazed. Everybody say all amazed. I want you to see when Jesus did deliverance, he didn't say, listen, he's shaking. Take him out of the service. He's convulsing. He's foaming at the mouth. He's busy doing his thing. They like to do that. Jesus said, you be quiet, you unclean spirit. Come out of the man. And he convulsed. Listen, he didn't stop shaking. He didn't stop screaming. He carried on for a little while and he fell down. And the spirit left him. And the Bible says, they were all amazed. The church needs to be amazed. The church needs to see the gospel of the kingdom preached and released in every service. Everywhere we go. You see, if there's no signs of the kingdom, the kingdom is not present. Wherever Jesus went, it wasn't like he tried to make it happen. It just happened. Remember, he didn't say a devil come out when he walked in the room. The devil said, "Uh uh-oh. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, it's here. There he is. And couldn't handle it. Couldn't handle the glory couldn't handle the presence, couldn't handle the holiness, knew what was about to take place because the man was listening to Jesus speak. And while Jesus was speaking, the atmosphere was changing. Something was different about this man that was preaching. What was coming out of his mouth wasn't like, like normal. It wasn't like, well, you know, thou sheltered. There was nothing like that. Life was pouring out of him. Life was pouring out of him. And we know that Jesus was busy. He was busy. He was busy in the synagogue. And the Bible says they were all amazed. So that they questioned among themselves saying, what is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority, he commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. And immediately his fame spread throughout all the region around Galilee. You want to know why Jesus attracted the crowds. The reason why people came to see him was because everywhere he went, people's lives were completely changed. Everywhere Jesus went, the kingdom of God was at hand. It was present. It was busy manifesting and happening in the lives of all those that were around him. News spread. Listen, when this man walked into the temple, into the synagogue, Something happened, a demon spirit cried out. You must understand that this was never seen before. There were people that were demon-possessed, and they they knew about them, but they couldn't deliver them. There's no evidence of any deliverance in the Old Testament at all, none whatsoever. But in the New Testament, as soon as Jesus arrives and begins to preach the gospel of the kingdom, What followed that kingdom preaching was deliverance, was signs and wonders, was miracles, were people's lives being changed. 
and the church just grew. People heard. People wanted to come. Why? Because people were being freed. People's lives were being changed. And nobody said, oh, no, this devil, I can't. I need to run out of the church. You need to ask yourself a question when someone manifests why you want to leave. Maybe it's your demons that want to take you out the building. Because they're afraid that you next. That's for the online viewers. No one in this place. It's just for you guys online, you know. I've seen it many times. As soon as there's a demonic manifestation in the building, people get so afraid. And many of them leave the building. Well, you know, they should take that person out the room. It's nowhere in Scripture. Jesus did deliverance in front of everyone so that people would be greatly amazed. And as soon as they left, they said, listen, we need to get our friends. I know someone. I know a guy that needs to be touched by that man, that needs to encounter that kingdom. Oh, you know a guy too. You know someone suffering from severe depression. You know someone that's suffering from severe bondage. You know someone that's struggling with addiction but can't be set free. You can only counsel the devil so long. And eventually you have to cast him out. I'm not saying that you don't have to do counseling ever. But I don't see any evidence of counseling in the Bible. They didn't counsel the demons. They cast them out. Jesus' ministry was so much all about deliverance, healing, freedom, liberty. What we want. When someone is delivered, their whole face changes. When someone is delivered, it's like the weight is lifted off them forever. Like they get completely freed and this weight lifts off them and they're never the same again. Jesus came to do that for you and I. He wants every believer to walk in freedom. It is, it is so important that in the church today, we believe and see the signs of the kingdom. And included in that is the casting out of demons. They must go. Because the kingdom is present. Oh, you better believe it's present tonight. If you leave now, I know why. Amen. Matthew 11 verse 7 says this. As they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitude concerning John. What did you go into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in kings' houses. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? 
Yes, I say to you, and much more than a prophet, for this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of woman, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. But he who is the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. There was violence taking place in the realm of the Spirit ever since John showed up on the scene and began to preach something they'd never heard before. He began to say, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Something is happening. I've been sent to prepare the way of the one who is coming, and he will bring the kingdom down. He will manifest the presence and the power of God, and things will never be the same again. Jesus begins to preach and as he begins to preach there is a violent reaction that takes place in the heavenlies and demonic forces begin to recognize that the agenda has changed everything has shifted something is different things will not be the same anymore that's why that devil said what have you come to do with us Jesus it's not time yet we know it's coming but it's not time yet Yes, it is, you foul spirit, you. Matthew 12, 28. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. If I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God comes upon you or has come upon you. When you see the deliverance, when you see someone set free, the kingdom of God has come upon that person. And what was there before or inflicting or afflicting or tormenting or oppressing or doing whatever it's doing in that person's life has been served notice. And the kingdom of God has come in and that thing has to go out. In Luke eleven twenty, it says this, but if I cast out demons, this is all Jesus, with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Deliverance is the hand of God, the finger of God. The kingdom of God come upon a person's life. And it's a powerful thing. But there's so much about it we don't understand. And there's so much about it we don't want to understand because we've been taught certain things that simply are not true. Doctrines that are not true and that prevent us from walking in our fullness. Yes, your fullness. The fullness of what God has called you to do and be. The fullness of the freedom that He has for you. God wants you free. And He wants you to experience His kingdom. When you get saved, you are in Christ. You are a new creature. You have been made whole. But there are still things that happen in your journey. There are things that will hurt you. Things from your past that even though you saved, you haven't yet dealt with. And the effects of those things are still evident in your life. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. 
I believe God wants to set people free. I believe He wants to set people free here. I believe He wants to set people free watching online. I believe God is calling His church right now into a season of deliverance. Deliverance. That means you will see and be amazed at the hand of God, at the finger of God, where the kingdom of God has come upon us. And why should we be afraid? How can we be afraid of the fallen creature? How can we be afraid of the one who has already been overcome by the blood of the Lamb? And by the way, you have a testimony. Your story is still being written. You overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Do you know that angels cannot say what you can say? That you were lost, but now you are found? They cannot speak of that mercy, of that grace that you've experienced? Angels do not know that, but you know it. That's why your testimony is so valuable. That's why your testimony is so powerful. But we allow the enemy to hold us in places, strongholds, fortresses, places where he keeps us bound. Oh, well, you know, don't worry because you're under grace. You don't have anything to worry about. Just let that devil keep you there. You know, once you get saved, you, it's all done. Yes, it's all done, but you have a problem, and it's right between your ears. And then you have another problem, and it's somewhere in the middle of your chest. Your mind and your heart are two things that you will have to deal with constantly. Because in this life, you will have trouble. Tribulation will come. Suffering will come. Trials will come. Problems will come. Sorry. But it's the truth. And oftentimes, the one who desires to put you in a place where he cripples you or binds you up to prevent you from doing what God wants you to do is the enemy. You see, Jesus was not the only one who did deliverance. His disciples also did deliverance. We know this. I'm going to be changing the order in the back, so just be ready for me. The disciples did deliverance, Mark 6 verse 7. And he called the 12 to himself and began to send them out two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits. Luke 10 verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them out two by two before the face of every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest, send out the laborers into the harvest. Jesus said, listen, I give you power. I give you power to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. He'd released what was on him, on his disciples and said, now you go. 
Because the kingdom of God is now at hand. The kingdom of God is now present. And he released his authority to his disciples and sent them out to do the same thing. To do this deliverance. To do these things. What's interesting is many people believe, well, that was only for the early church. And the early church would do those things. But once the scriptures were fulfilled, that was the end of that. No, it wasn't. The Bible tells us very, very clearly, very, very clearly. The Bible says to us, it says in in Mark 16, 17, and these signs will follow those who believe. Let me ask you a question. Did we ever stop believing? Did the church ever stop believing in Jesus? If we never stop believing, then surely the signs will still follow us. What are the signs? We're not going to go through them all, but let's just talk about the one we're talking about tonight. In my name, they will cast out demons. If you are a believer, you have a deliverance ministry. I'm going to say that again. If you are a believer, you have a deliverance ministry. That's why deliverance ministry is not one of the gifts of the Spirit, because it's a sign that... Testing. All right. All right. (laughs) Testing. There we go. Every believer has a deliverance ministry. Every single believer. Now watch. Watch. Because when the disciples said to Jesus, Lord, why could we not cast it out? Jesus said to them, because there are some that require prayer and fasting. The problem is not that you don't have the ability to do it. The problem is you don't want to pray and fast. Oh, well, we don't need to pray anymore. Listen, there are some things that you will come up against that require prayer and fasting. Yes, it's a finished work. Don't sit there and tell me it's a finished work. I know it's a finished work. It's finished. So now you have everything you need to do the job. If I say to you the work is finished, he has all the armor you need. There's the army. What are you going to do? You have to go fight. That's why the kingdom is present. But there still be demons. They still operate. They still want to destroy you. They still don't like you. And if they get just the slightest glimpse of what God has planned for you, they will do whatever they can to stop you. Amen. I don't know if I want that one now. (laughs) Deliverance is for every believer. It is not a gift of the Spirit. Some have gifts. Some have these gifts. Some have those gifts as the Spirit wills. But deliverance is a sign for every believer. Every believer walks in deliverance or should walk in deliverance. Amen. You see, many times in our lives we suffer with different things, different types of of, 
oppressions, different, different types of, of heaviness that comes upon us or, or different types of even sicknesses, depressions, oppressions. I have to tell you that there are certain times that it is a devil. Sometimes sickness is caused by an evil spirit. Not always, but sometimes. And I'll prove it to you. Jesus dealt with this several times. There are several evidences of infirmities leaving when Jesus is doing deliverance or praying for the sick. Watch. Let's go to Luke 13, verse number 10. Luke 13, verse number 10. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. That's very bad. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. Everybody say spirit of infirmity. There can be a spirit of infirmity. 18 years and was bent over. So she was bent over and in no way could raise herself up. But when Jesus saw, he called to her and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. I want you to understand that it says that there was a spirit causing that infirmity. Jesus says, you are loosed. What happened when he said you are loosed? That spirit leaves her. Immediately that spirit leaves her. And then the Bible says in 13, and he laid his hands on her. And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. It wasn't a doctor that could help her. And we love doctors. We love what they do. Thank God for doctors. And we have much better ones than they had in the times of Jesus. Praise God. But there are certain times, certain things that you will deal with that is not something that's going on in your mind. It is caused by a spirit. And we have to deal with those spirits. Listen, Mark 1 verse 31. There is a woman that is sick. And so he came, took her by the hand, lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she served them. Let's go Mark 1, 42. I'm just going to read these real quick. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him, and so he was cleansed. Mark 2, verse 9. This is one of my favorites. Which is easier, Jesus says, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you? In other words, that's the problem. Or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. We have to deal with the issues sometimes. Sometimes there is something present that must be broken. Sometimes there's something present that must be told it's time for you to go. Please take note. Sometimes. Yes, I'm sure there are times where we are sick and things happen to us. That's normal. But there are often times where we put up with it and we put up with it and we put up with it. And it's time to say to that thing, it's time for you to go. It's time for you to go. It's time for you to leave. But the biggest problem with us is that we believe, or many people believe, that deliverance is not for Christians because Christians cannot have a devil or a demon. Same thing. Amen. There is one devil, the father of lies, Satan, but there are many devils, like there are many fathers. Anyway, okay, let's just keep going. All right. Deliverance is something that every believer will 
will and should go through throughout their Christian life. It is not only a once-off. You can have one major deliverance, but throughout your walk with God, you constantly will need deliverance from things that the enemy desires to do in your life. If a door goes open, you give right to the enemy. And when you give right to the enemy, there comes a point where you need to say to that enemy, it's time for you to leave. Let me show you something really powerful. Now the message begins. Matthew 15, verse 21. Matthew 15, verse 21. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Now watch this. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away. For she cries out after us. In other words, this woman was there and constantly asking the Lord to help her. Help me. My daughter is demon-possessed. I want her to be free. I want her to walk in freedom. I want her to be released from this, Lord. Please, will you do something? Will you do something, Lord? But the Bible says this. The Bible says this. But he answered her in verse 23, not a word. And his disciples came and urged him saying, send her away. Verse 24, but he answered, Jesus answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, he's saying, listen, this deliverance that you are asking for is not for you because you are not one of mine. You are not one of the lost sheep of Israel. You are not one of the, of the children of Israel that is lost or inflicted. So he is saying, this deliverance is for the children of Israel. This deliverance is for those who belong to me. And look at what he says. It's so powerful. He says, He says, then he, then he, verse 25, then she came and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Why children's bread? What is he saying? You see, what he's saying is this. She came and she said, Lord, I want deliverance from my daughter. And he says, listen, you are not of the house of David. You are not one of the children of Israel. You are not one of mine. That's what he's saying. He's saying this that you are asking for is the children's bread. What is bread and who are the children? The children are his children. And the bread is what they eat every single day. The bread is what nourishes them, keeps them going, provides for them so they can be strong and healthy. And he's saying, listen, this that you're asking for is the children's bread to make a point that deliverance is something that they will require always. Always. And it's not 
for those outside the camp. It's for those inside the camp. Oh, and by the way, we're talking about someone that's severely infected by, inflicted by a demon. Uh-oh. It's very quiet in Vero Beach this evening. I want you to know that you are now part of that family. You are now part of that house. You have the same inheritance. We are now also of our father Abraham and the same promises that he has for his generations to come are for us as well. Therefore, the children's bread is for you and I. It is not for the outsider. It is not for the one that's not saved. It is for the one who is saved. In other words, deliverance from demonic forces. Healing is something that is for the believer. And it's the children's bread. In other words, it's what will keep us going. That's why when a spirit comes and attacks you, you must get rid of it. You must tell it to go. Don't counsel it. Don't give it medication. Don't put up with it. Don't carry on going forever and ever with it. You have to deal with it. You have to deal with it. Amen. We have to deal with it. And Jesus continues and I don't really want to go on with, with the story. But you must understand there are times in your walk, like the prodigal son, where he says, when he comes back, he says, my son was lost, but now he's found. That son needed to be healed. But he was still a son. Many of you have family members that serve the Lord, but now they're in addiction. They need to be set free from that addiction. Many of us suffer with secret sin, things that are holding us bound that we can't get rid of. Listen, you can't get rid of it because it's time to cast it out. It's time to tell that thing, listen, instead of trying to find five ways, five keys to deal with it or some kind of treatment or counseling. I, I have no problem with counseling. I do it all the time. Pray for me. But the truth is, is that there comes a point where you must say, listen, devil, your time is up. It's time for you to go. That addiction, that pornography, that thing, that addiction, that, that abuse, that, that pain, that betrayal, that, that thing that's held you bound. It's time to say, it's time for you to go. It's time for you to go. Infirmities would leave. Jesus would deal with the spirits. Often, every time he preaches and performs miracles, demons are cast out, every time. And it was the house of Israel. It was his people that were being set free. The majority of deliverances that I have done have been on Christians. And I thank God for it. Because he wants you free. He wants you free. When you give the enemy legal ground, he has it. That doesn't mean you're demon-possessed. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there's a stronghold or a right that he has. Deal with him. 
And they want to tell us not to repent anymore. That's the doctrine they want to teach us. Are you kidding? You will stay bound, ineffective. Why? Because you're not dealing with the problem. It has to leave. It has to go. Amen. I believe with all my heart that many times we, we try and deal with something or we try and work something out in our minds. And what's really going on is that there is a spirit that is inflicting you, that is causing you to not be able to leave that alcohol. And so something will happen and you'll become anxious. And the first thing you think about is you need to drink. Or the first thing you think about is you need to take those drugs. Or the first thing you think about is you need to watch something you shouldn't watch. Or phone someone you shouldn't phone or whatever, whatever goes on. I don't even know. Are you with me? That's how the enemy works. We get hurt in our lives. You may even deal with that hurt, but the enemy will do whatever he can to come back to you and say, listen, you're not really, you haven't really dealt with it. You need to feel it again. He'll do whatever he can to bring back emotions and things inside you, bitterness and anger. Anger. Well, you know, Pastor Alex, I just kind of black out. I want you to know there's a problem. If you just black out when you get angry, there's a problem. Because you aren't conscious anymore. Something else is. But when Jesus came, he came so that we could be free. So that the church, so that his people would be able to walk in freedom and experience the kingdom experience His presence. That's why, well, Pastor Alex, you talk too much about the presence of God. Listen, Jesus was the presence of God. That's what He was. He was God manifest in the flesh right in front of us, the full manifest presence of God. Now we have the full manifest presence of God in the Holy Spirit, and He lives inside of you and I. Well, you know, the devil and God can't be in the same place. You don't know your Bible. They will be very unhappy with each other. And one will probably, when two dogs are fighting, the one you feed the most wins. But the Bible says that the devil goes before God and accuses the brethren every day. Same place. Same place. The day is coming where he won't be able to do that anymore. Amen. What I would have done to have been there when Jesus said these words, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. He saw him fall like lightning, like lightning. Shoo! down to the ground. When the kingdom comes upon you, if you open your heart, if you confess your sins, the Bible says confess your trespasses one to another and pray for one another so that you can be healed. 
not forgiven. When you say, Lord, forgive me, He forgives you. But healing sometimes requires us to confess our sins. And when we confess our sins and prayer is released, deliverance comes and healing is your portion. That's why laying on of hands is a doctrine. Because it's important, an essential doctrine for the church. If you're in a church where there's no laying on of hands, you shouldn't be there. The congregation, the body of Christ needs the laying on of hands. Listen, when Jesus spoke to the spirit of infirmity, he went and laid his hands on her and her back was straightened. Impartation is done through the laying on of hands primarily. That's why you want to be somewhere where there's impartation given. It's so important. It's essential to the church. And it's essential throughout the ages, even before the time of Christ, impartation was necessary. We see it right from the time of, Ab from the time of, 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 of Abraham. We see it all the way from Abraham. We see it in the time of Moses with Joshua. We see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. We see Noah, Joshua. We see how it constantly goes like that. We see Elijah, Elisha. Impartation is necessary. And so it is in the church today. That's why Paul said, I wish that I could come to you, Timothy, so that I could impart some spiritual gift to you. I could give you something because God's placed something in me that you haven't yet received and I need to give it to you. I need to share it with you. We want to write all the supernatural stuff out and go back to being full of religion and death. And nobody gets healed. Nobody gets touched. Nobody gets delivered. We can never walk in the fullness of what God has for us until we accept and confess and command to go. Jesus didn't st stay. He would literally tell the demons, get out, leave. That's gonna be you. You're gonna do that. You're gonna stand in your room while your child is an addict in another state and you're gonna to begin to do spiritual warfare and you're gonna command the demons to go and you're gonna break their power and you're gonna do it like as though you're in the room right there with your child. You're gonna do it and you're gonna fight and you're gonna see the hand of the Lord. I'm not gonna teach you about spiritual warfare tonight but let me tell you one thing I've learned about spiritual warfare. Like this woman, that it wasn't really her right the more she persisted, the more the Lord eventually gave in. Spiritual warfare is like that. The more pressure you put on the enemy, the more you cry out to God for deliverance, the more He hears you. He's looking for a people that they didn't get the answer yesterday, they'll ask again today. They didn't get the answer today, they'll ask again tomorrow. They don't get the answer tomorrow, they'll ask again the next day. That's why I believe that God isn't finished with America because I believe that there are a remnant. I'm gonna say it again. There are a remnant. There are a people that believe God is able. There are a people that believe God will do it again in our nation. They prophesy war, I come against that. They prophesy death, I come against that. In the mighty name of Jesus.
But the church must wake up. Because the only thing standing between the death of America is the church. There is nothing else. The politicians can't do it. Even the one you liked couldn't do it. But God is able. God is able. Oh, God is able. He is able. He is able. He is able. God is able. Oh, hallelujah. He is able to set you free. He's able to break that addiction. He's able to heal your heart. That depression doesn't have to be your portion. That fear doesn't have to be your portion. You can stand in the gap even for your child in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, somebody give the Lord a shout in this place. Yeah! Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The wonderful thing about the Holy Spirit is I don't have to tell you what's wrong in your life because you already know. If there's something that's wrong, something that needs, when I speak, you know. I don't have to read the list of things that it could be that could be holding you bound because you know what it is. But if you'll notice in Scripture, and I say this so often, the ones who get the breakthrough are the ones who are desperate for it. Amen. Let's bow our heads. There's so much more, but I'm going to stop there. Can you just put the piano a little louder for me now, please? Just a little. Father, I thank you for the children's bread. I thank you, Lord, that you desire for us to have every day healing and deliverance, to walk in it. It's, it's, it's what nourishes us. Because of everything that you have done, Jesus, because your kingdom has come and is present on earth in our lives, the Holy Spirit is here. The Ruach of God, the Ruach Achodech is here in this place. The Holy Spirit, the Holy One sent from Jesus. He is present. Even in this place, He is present. Father, I pray tonight that your kingdom be manifest in this place as we preach and speak of your goodness, of your mercy, of your love. Father, I pray that every person under the sound of my voice, whether in this building or watching online, tonight, Lord, would be completely set free. It's not manifestations that we're looking for. It's freedom, Lord. It's freedom from spirits that desire to inflict us. Things maybe even from our childhood that have not fully been dealt with. Lord, I pray tonight that you would touch, that you would deliver, that you would heal, that you would set free, Lord. 
I pray tonight, Father, anger that's built up would be dealt with. Addiction in this place would be dealt with in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, you know all things in the life of every individual in this building. And I pray right now, Father, that you will just manifest your presence. Holy Spirit, just manifest yourself to every individual in this place. Lord, I pray that they will be desperate to walk in that freedom, to walk in that liberty that you have called us to walk in. Lord, I pray even this afternoon, while I was in my room at my house, I began to ask, Lord, whatever it is, Lord, whatever's there, Lord, whatever the enemy has a foothold in my life, that you would completely deliver me. Lord, I pray for the children's bread in my own life. I pray for your deliverance in my own life in the life of my family and in the life of this church for every individual in this house, Lord, that they would walk in freedom, that addiction would not have its way, that sickness, infirmity would not have its way. Father, that all kinds of, of depression and oppression would leave their bodies right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I come against every force of darkness, every evil spirit that has had its way in your life right now and I break Satan's power. I break the power of that thing in your life right now over you, over your children and even over your children's children. I pray right now that you would walk in deliverance and freedom and healing in the name that is above every name. Father, that you would reveal right now whatever it is that needs to be dealt with, whatever it is that needs to be broken in Jesus' mighty name and I give you thanks for it. I give you thanks for it right now. Everybody stand for just a moment. For just a moment. Don't be afraid. Everybody stand. Don't look around. Just close your eyes. Just begin to pray right now where you are. Right now there where you are. I believe that God is wanting to set people free tonight. He is wanting to give you what is rightfully yours. You are a citizen of the kingdom of God, of the kingdom of heaven. And deliverance is your portion. If you are bound, if you have addiction, if you have fear, there are so many things. So don't be embarrassed. If you know there's something that you just simply are not able to get free from, but it's been holding you down, it's been holding you back, quickly come to the front. Don't be afraid. Come quickly. Come quickly. Don't be scared. Don't allow the enemy to rob you of your deliverance. Don't allow the enemy to rob you of God wanting to set you free tonight in this place. For surely the kingdom of God is at hand, at present, in this place. Come quickly, come quickly, come quickly. If you're standing in the front here right now, I want you to be praying. I want you to be seeking God. Don't look around. Don't look for anybody else's anything. Don't worry about anything, but be serious with God. You know what it is that you're struggling with that's held you back for so long. Fear. I know I dealt with fear last week, but if you're still sitting out there and fear has been something that's tormented you, it's time for that spirit of fear to completely leave your life in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on. Come on. There's more. There's more of you. Don't stay in your seat. There's a lot of people in the front, but there's more. Don't stay in your seat. Don't let the enemy hold you back. There's people sitting out there. You're struggling with addiction. You're struggling with addiction. Come now. Come now. Don't stay in your chair. Be set free tonight. Be set free tonight. Be set free tonight. Depression. Some depressions might be something in your head, but some depressions might be a spirit. If you've been waiting and struggling for a long time, come and be set free. 
Come and be set free tonight in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come, let's begin to worship. Just begin to worship as you stand in the front. Let's just worship the Lord. Stretch your hands out towards them. Stretch your hands out towards them. Father, I give you thanks tonight for the children's bread. I give you thanks, Lord, that when Jesus came, the kingdom was manifest. Deliverance is our portion. Deliverance is for each and every one of us in the mighty name of Jesus. And I give you thanks for it. Holy Spirit, just manifest yourself. Listen, when you get delivered, deliverance comes in many different ways. Deliverance can just be a weight that leaves you when we pray. Deliverance can be a cough. Deliverance can just can be a scream. It can be anything. Whatever it is, don't worry about it. Don't look for any of that. Just trust the Lord that He will set you free. Remember, a spirit is like a breath. It's like a wind. It doesn't have to make a noise to leave you. The presence, the, in this place right now, the kingdom of God is manifest. His presence is in this place. Deliverance is going to take place. You are going to be set free in this place tonight. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now, if you're in the congregation, begin to raise your voice and pray. Come on, let's pray for deliverance for these in the front that need deliverance. Hallelujah. your name. 
walk past you, that doesn't mean I'm not going to pray for you. Just stay in prayer. I'm coming. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
I want the leaders to come. Come quickly. Come quickly, 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 quickly. And I want you to begin to pray deliverance over them right now. Right now. You don't need me to touch. You heard the message. Come leaders, don't be afraid. Minister deliverance right now. Be healed now in Jesus' name. Be healed, be loosed, be set free right now in the name of Jesus.
Come on, somebody give the Lord a clap. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a shout in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. of your love I can't sing you gotta do it <laughs> doing wonderful just tell him we can never be the same again come on we can never be the same, be the same. I can never be the same again in one touch of your presence I can never be the same 
Father, tonight in this place, we give you thanks, Lord, because the signs of your kingdom are in our presence, in our midst. We are so blessed. Did you not say to them in that day that, that we would be the ones, we that are in your kingdom, would even be greater than those that have not seen what our, eye, what our eyes have seen. The prophets of old, Father, they did not see your kingdom manifest the way we see it. People being touched and delivered and set free because of your love and your goodness. Not in the natural, but in the, in the, in the inner part of every person in this place, Lord. That's our desire, Lord you would cause us to never be the same again. Once we've tasted your goodness, once we've experienced your love, we can never be the same. I'm so grateful for everything that you are doing. So grateful for what you have done in this place tonight, Lord. And like always, we will always give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Come on, just raise your hands. I can never be the same. give you thanks, Lord, that no one leave this place tonight the same, Lord, because your presence, you are here with us. Thank you, Father, 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We love you, Lord, and we are grateful to you. Now I pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship with the Holy Spirit be with each and every one of you as you leave this place tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Have an awesome night. And tomorrow it's going to be amazing. Please don't miss it. God bless you.